0: All right, guys, welcome to episode number eight. Crazy to think I've been around eight episodes. My audience, though, in terms of reflecting back on the seven episodes prior to this, has shrunk. So it consistently started really high and it's continuously gone down. So hopefully people aren't getting turned off. I'm trying to do something different, uh, give some more information that maybe other podcasts aren't providing um, or. Um, really just trying to be a little more insightful for you folks from a collector seller perspective. Um, Just doing some things a bit, a little bit different than some of the others. And, you know, shout out to some of the other uh, podcasts that are out there. Uh, Song Cards United, primarily love those guys, love what they do. Enzo and Jason, uh, great folks. I've been interacting with them quite a bit in the past. So I do um, advise you guys to listen to those guys. If you haven't yet, Um, I think all of us can support each other. There's plenty of room. This hobby is still. Very young and uh, new right with the soccer hobby, especially hasn't matured to that point. So um, but we're getting there. I think we're getting there slowly, but surely. Um, So a few quick things today, guys, I'm going to do kind of uh, a few things. Um, I had made a post last week regarding Mbappe versus Erling Holland. What how I pictured it. So I figured I'd start an episode with this. I had made a post on the different various rookies that were available and wanted to kind of dive a little deeper into that for you um, versus having you kind of screen your eyes and look at the charts I put up and things of that nature. So I'm gonna talk that out with you folks so you guys can get a better understanding of where I'm coming from and why I feel the way I do feel about that. I'm also gonna talk a little bit about um, some of the other things I look for when I'm collecting, um, particular soccer uh, players. Specifically, I'm gonna talk a little about Renier Jesus, um, the former Dortmund, loney from real madrid i'm going to talk a little bit about him and why i like him obviously for his characteristics on the field and how he plays i've watched him play he's very good very talented so we'll talk a little bit about that um hobby news hobby rants per se i'm going to talk a little bit about merlin chrome the blaster specifically i'm going to also key in a little bit about leaf and brian gray the president there and his comments this week and then i'm going to talk a little bit about the card show coming up this weekend which will be on saturday that I will be at, uh, I have a table with uh, Zips Cards. If you're not following him on Instagram, please do. He does collect quite a bit of stuff. He's a Musiala guy uh, at Zips Cards uh, on Instagram. So we'll talk a little bit about that and um, and then we'll wrap it up. Hopefully this episode is gonna be a little bit longer. Again, um, I think a few folks have said you need to make it 45 minutes or so. It helps me um, kind of get through my my week or my day. Um, so let's start off with erling holland versus killing mbappe in terms of the card market and what i look at and why i think um you know again on my post last week i stated i'd preferred mbappe over erling holland um as a player and as a collecting opportunity investment opportunity whatever you want to call it uh that's how i view it so one of the things we talk about are kind of uh, scarcity, right? When we collect and what we buy and where the opportunities lie. When we think about Mbappe, we think about his sticker rookie. We think about his Topps Chrome 2017. We think about the World Cup Prism card. Uh, with Holland, we have a Sapphire um, from Topps. We have his regular Topps Chrome. Champions League, Tops Chrome, I mean. Um, we have Finest, uh, which is... Uh, Champions League as well, and then we have a Bundesliga-issued rookie card. So you have about four Holland real rookies. And for this case, I'm going to ignore the Mbappe um, Prism card for a few reasons. One, it's a national team kit. Um, I know that for some people that prevent, presents a little more value. For other people, it doesn't. But I'm going to ignore that card altogether, um, although I do think there's an opportunity. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about at the end. Um, but I really want to focus on... And I'm going to ignore Mbappe's sticker, even though it's an iconic sticker, 2016 um, out of French Ligue 1. Uh, I think that sticker, uh, I'm not going to ignore it completely, but I have to ignore it for this kind of analysis in terms of we're talking cards for cards, and you guys know how I feel about it. When I talk stickers and cards, I think they're both separate markets. I think they both present opportunities, obviously. Stickers always present opportunities, opportunity, especially if a guy doesn't have a rookie card, uh, case in point. Roger Fernandez, uh, the Portuguese starlet uh, at Braga, um, who at the youth level right now looks like he's gonna play for Guinea Basu. Uh, I would imagine that'll change as time goes on. There are a few different requirements for him to be able to be back on the Portuguese national team, which uh, I, I believe he will be at some point. So, um, but his sticker, obviously different opportunity there. Um, so, I'm going to ignore Mbappe's sticker for now. We're really going to focus on Mbappe's chrome, uh, his base in the refractor. We're going to kind of stick it, uh, keep it like kind of uh, low number um, in terms of investment and not say that those are cheap because they're not. So for Harland, um, I'm going to kind of run down a few things. Let's talk about his Sapphire. I think his Sapphire, personally, in terms of um, rookie cards, that's obviously the – the one people most want, but then you also have the finest Bundesliga, which I think, uh, excuse me, finest, um, which I think is another key card uh, as well as Holland uh, Chrome Bundesliga. So let's run the numbers on Holland really quick. Um, On his Sapphire there, and this is gonna be kind of a lot of data stuff, so you may need a pen and paper to kind of understand where I'm going with this. Holland Sapphire, there's 1,402 of them graded. Um, You have 883 PSA 10s, which normally come at about $1,000 and $1,009. PSA 9s are about $569, about $440. So when I say total graded, that's 1,402. Um, PSA 10s, 883 plus 569, that does not equal 1,402, obviously. Actually, it does. You're right. It does. Um, Well, that was confusing. I just confused myself. Anyways, all right. So that's a Sapphire card. His finest, which I think is kind of the piece of the puzzle you want to look at. I'm going to talk about the Chrome Bundesliga too as well. I think that's important. The finest, um, Holland, which is in the Salzburg kit. You have 1,626 of the base graded 959 or 10s for 435 bucks. Um nine, uh, PSA 9s you have 667 of them at $193. His finest refractor uh you have 197 graded. So a lot lower pop number obviously. 35 10s which are $4285 on average. A uh, PSA 9 you have about 162 of them uh that are graded at 9s and they're $525. The holland chrome bundesliga you have 1616 this is the base we're talking about graded you have a thousand and sixty that are psa tens which the average um cost is about 799 psa 9 you have 556 average costs about 239. now the refractors again you have 224 of those graded 130 of them are psa tens average cost 5000 987. PSA 9s, you have 94 of them at 1,583. So for this argument, I'm really going to focus on, I think, the Chrome Bundesliga and the Salzburg um, kit and the finest. I think those are the two kind of that stand out the most. I don't want to ignore um, Sapphire. I'll key that into the discussion as well. All right. So for Mbappe, because it's a little easier, Mbappe, you have for uh, Mbappe Tops Chrome 2017, you have 1,941 of those graded. Um, The 10s, are there's 961 of those, average cost 310. PSA 9s, you have 985 of them at an average cost of $97. For refractors, you have 343 of them. For PSA 10s, there are 156, average cost is 2,396. And for a PSA 9, you have um, 187 of them at an average cost of 553. So I really want to key in on uh, Mbappe's Chrome. Obviously, those are the only ones we're talking about, the Chrome and the Refractor Edition. And I want to kind of talk about them in comparison to Holland's finest in the Salzburg kit and Holland's Chrome Bundesliga. I think that's where we see kind of the most um, comparable values, I would say, uh, in terms of what we're looking at, in terms of pop counts as well. Um, There is some significant kind of discussion that could be had on Holland's Chrome versus Mbappe's Chrome. So maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later, but let's take a look at the finest, for example, versus Mbappe's Chrome. Um, You know, the pop counts are similar. Uh, So this is the finest, uh, Holland in the Salzburg kit. 1626 for holland mbappe's total is 1941. so it's about the same Um, yet this is the base we're talking about yet the mbappe is only 310 dollars and the finest salzburg kit is 435. it's 125 twenty-five dollar difference that's a big difference uh the pop count just so you get a kind of an understanding finest salzburg kit for for holland psa 10 is 959 and mbappe's base Pop count for a 10 is 961. So basically the same, but we have about $125 difference. Why is that? I'm not sure. I don't think that's justified, but we'll get to that at the end. PSA 9s, again, another $100 difference. Finest Salzburg, 667 of them at $193. And an Mbappe, this is kind of shocks me that a PSA 9 Mbappe Chrome base from 2017 is $97. Now, all my data is coming from Card Ladder. I pulled all the numbers off PSA's population reports. This is reflecting PSA only, not the other grades, the other grading companies. I just feel these are the most important and these are the most important to look at. So that's interesting, those numbers. Let's look at Harlan's um, Chrome uh, Bundesliga, total 1616 Again, Mbappe Chrome base, 19, uh, excuse me. Excuse me, I made an error there. Holland Chrome Bundesliga, PSA 10s, 1,060. Mbappe Chrome, 961, like I said before. Mbappe's Chrome, as I had said, PSA 10 rookie at $310 versus Holland's Chrome Bundesliga 10, get this, $799. We're talking almost 2.5x. There's a huge disparity there higher pop count on the bundesliga holland chrome higher cost i'm not sure i understand that either i'm going to make some assumptions towards the end really crazy numbers if you think about it psa9 holland chrome bundesliga 556 total pop count of a psa9 239 average cost mbappe chrome again i know i've said these numbers before psa9 there's 985. So we almost have double. I get that part uh, in terms of pop count, but only $97. Uh, so 2X on Holland versus Mbappe there. The interesting part now comes with the refractor. So when we talk about refractors, we're talking Mbappe, Chrome 2017 refractor, PSA 10, 156 of them. Uh, three Only 343 have been graded. And those costs 156 PSA 10s, average cost $2,396, so $2,396. Holland's finest refractor in the Salzburg kit at PSA 10 is, popcorns 35, so significantly lower, $4,285. That's a crazy amount of money. We see more alignment when it comes with the PSA 9s versus each other. The, the chrome refractor from Mbappe is 187 PSA 9s at $553. And then the finest refractor for Holland is about 525, 162 popcorn. count. So generally about the same unequal wavelength there. The refractor from Mbappe seems to be worth about $25 more or so. So a little more balance there. That makes sense to me. Now, on the Chrome Bundesliga Holland, PSA 10s, 130 of them, um, which falls in line with the Mbappe Chrome refractor at 156 of them. But the Holland refractor and a PSA 10, there's 130 of those, right, at $5,987. Mbappe's is 2,396. The pop count is virtually the same, but Holland costs almost, it's almost 3X more. So 2.5X there again, Uh, Holland's more expensive. Holland PSA 9, there's 94 of those. Refractor from Bundesliga at 1,583. And then the mbappe refractor psa and there's 187 of those so virtually double the pop count of a holland um, and that average cost is 553 so we're talking a holland refractor psa9 from kum bundesliga is going to cost you 3x what an mbappe psa9 cost refractor makes no sense to me so I know that's a lot of data, a lot of numbers to kind of think about um, in terms of where we're at uh, and why these are important numbers to think about. And if we throw in Sapphire into the mix, think about this with Sapphire. Holland Sapphire, PSA 10, 883 of those average cost $1,009. Mbappe's, and I'm talking just base. Mbappe's base, um, PSA 10, uh, pop counts are virtually the same. Um, Holland's got 883 in Sapphire. Chrome Mbappe is nine hundred sixty-one, so thousand nine for Holland and then three ten for Mbappe. That's, I mean, that's basically three x the cost of Mbappe. Refract, uh, excuse me. uh, PSA nine five hundred sixty-nine, about four hundred forty dollars for Holland Sapphire and then an Mbappe Chrome PSA nine hundred eighty-five. Those almost two x in terms of pop counts and uh, Holland's cost is $440, Mbappe is $97. I mean, the data tells you everything you need to know here. Mbappe, for me, presents a significant opportunity to buy. Uh, whether you make that choice or not is up to you. Think about, when you th- think about the players we're talking about, you know, I get Holland's having a great year um, at uh, City, scoring goals, breaking records, and he's probably going to break a lot of records supreme goal scorer but you have to think about what's been baked into those prices and why it's i almost say it's too expensive to buy holland i think they baked into the fact that he's going to be um an all-time great goal scorer already Uh, obviously premier league title possibly baked into that possibly a champions league title baked into that although i don't think they'll win the champions league i just don't think pep's got it in the big games um and then Mbappe, right, you may be sitting there, well, Mbappe is at the World Cup. If he doesn't have a good World Cup, his cards could drop further. Yes, they potentially could, or the market's just correcting itself, and we haven't just seen we just haven't seen that across Holland's yet. Things to think about. Mbappe's won a World Cup. Holland's never won a World Cup or even gone to a World Cup, all right? So that's one thing to think about. Mbappe, he's been a scoring uh, leader in France, I think it's four years going on now, uh, and a lot of you might say, that's oh, a Farmers League, it's a Farmers League. Well, Holland was in the Bundesliga. It was never uh, the top goal scorer in that league. Obviously, Lewandowski was there, but there was a year where he finished third uh, and the second place finish was Andre Silva of Portugal. So think about that for a second. Um, who plays on the better team? I mean, arguably, we could at this point say that Holland plays on a better team with better players. Uh, PSG, although I think they will be a challenger to City for the Champions League title. So that's something to kind of consider. Who's got the be- better parts around them? Better talent around them? Who's got Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva feeding balls? Um, you know, uh, does Mbappe perform better at that point, or does Mbappe have the same type of quality players? I think he certainly does have really great quality players, uh, but you need to think about those uh, about those kind of uh, factors that tie into it. So, um, one thing. One thing I would say, though, with Holland, and this is not a detractor or something that you should do, I do think that the finest Holland uh, Salzburg uh, kit is an opportunity. It's kind of his first, um, let's call it Champions League kind of uh, kit card, where he was, you know, in, in his first kind of Champions League team. Um, that does present an opportunity, I think, that the... Uh, PSA 9s, the base there, uh, may have a little opportunity. The 10s also probably have an opportunity. Um, It's just a card that I would prefer to have in terms of if I was chasing base in the lower end, I'd rather have them in a Salzburg kit, obviously. One thing I want you to consider when you're talking about this kind of comparison I just did for you, and it may have been kind of a lot of data got thrown at you, a lot of data. Um, But you think about the values here and consider this. if you wanted to buy a Holland refractor um from Chrome Bundesliga, it's gonna call a PSA 10's gonna cost you five thousand nine hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Okay, think about this for a second. You can buy two Mbappe Refractor PSA 10s and two PSA 9 refractor refractors as well. Um <laughs> What would you rather have? Where's the opportunity there? Where's the long-term play there? Um, I think it's in the Mbappes. I'd rather have those that choice, if I had a choice, if somebody threw a Holland um PSA 10 Chrome Bundesliga in front of me, refractor for 5907 dollars, I'd probably go and just buy the two Mbappes and the PSA ten refractors and the two PSA 9 refractors as well. Some of you may say, well, why are you using that card? You could use other ones. Okay, even with the finest, think about the finest. Finest refractor in in a Holland, $4,285 for a PSA 10. You can still buy a bunch. um, You could still buy almost two uh, refractor Mbappe PSA 10s for that price. Um, Granted, the pop counts are different. Um, Finest refractor PSA 10s is only 35 of the Hollands and with Mbappe, there's 156. So not a huge kind of they're both low pops so just consider that for a second i just again i kind of wanted to explain this on a show because i thought it might present some value for you when you're looking at cards and what i look at in terms of the analysis and why certain things are overvalued or um overpriced i think holland's overvalued um obviously I think they're baking into that price kind of future success, obviously. We see that in the other sports. If you look at Luka Doncic, his cards were extremely expensive for a while. They still are. Uh, they've corrected themselves a little bit though. So um, when there's young kind of hype and young players like this that are really performing at exceptional levels, which Holland is, um, you know, there's that there's that chance where you may be buying in, in too high. But as a collector, you may not care, right? I mean, I just paid, I just um got a Gonzalo Ramos. I traded a at Cider PSA ten Young Guns for it. Where's the proven um, player? Cider's gonna be a proven player in the NHL. He's kind of generational uh player, defenseman is gonna do really well. Ramos, we don't know yet. He's at Benfica. I'm a Benfica collector, I like Benfica, Benfica is my team. So That's why I made that deal. I wanted the card hard to find card for me. So I found it and I got it. So, I'll talk a little bit about that later too. Um, So that's kind of like um, a a little recap there of that post from last week where I had, I had a few people maybe challenge me on that post and kind of try to identify some some different things. I think a few things to consider here too, right? We spoke about four different Holland rookie cards. We have the Sapphire, the Chrome, the finest, uh, and then Chrome Bundesliga, whereas Mbappé really only has one to two, right? I mean, some people recognize that World Cup won the Prism as a rookie. Uh, I kind of ignore that card because it's a national uh, national team kit card. Um, but even speaking on that card, if you think about that Prism um, card, I, I don't just don't value it as high as some people do or as esteemed as they do the base prism, the pop count on that is 7,307. That's a lot. Uh, PSA 10s, 3,624. Cost is $176 on average. PSA 9s, 3,183. Average cost $58. So, um, But if we look at the silver prism, which is a little more elusive, you have a pop count of 536. PSA 10s, 270 at $1,656. And the PSA 9, 266 of those at $426. So. When you look at the silver you kind of you still look at that and you say well it's still lower priced than is finest in in holland's chrome bundesliga as well refractor so um and significantly lower uh, i mean the psa 10 mbappe silver prism average cost is 1656 dollars refractor holland chrome bundesliga average cost 59.87 Finest refractor Holland average cost $42.85. So you get where I'm going with this. Mbappe for me is a better opportunity if you're trying to flip to make money. Um, it also can be dangerous though. World Cup comes, he doesn't have a good World Cup. France performs bad, his cards could drop. If he performs really well and France loses, I don't think you see kind of any changes. I think you maybe see an Mbappe price uh, bump uh, again. France really uh, will need Mbappe to perform really well at the World Cup. They are a talented team. I still think they are the favorites to win, given their team. And um, But that was just kind of a quick explanation of that post from last week that some of you may have seen. Some of you may have been confused. Some of you may have thought um, different. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I, thought, I think that's important to recognize uh, in terms of... Um, disparity in values, overvaluation, undervalues. And again, Holland may not be overvalued. He may be right on par with market, and Mbappe may be the one that's undervalued. In terms of personality, there are a few people that now prefer Holland over Mbappe. They say Mbappe's a prima donna. They say Mbappe's this. Well, we've gone through this already with Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, I think this is kind of a media thing where the media kind of bumps a player into the villain role and another player into the... Uh, let's say, hero role. You have a hero and a villain. And for a long time, Ronaldo was the villain and Messi was the hero, if you think about that comparison. Happens all the time in sports when we're comparing athletes with each other. In some sports, you may not even see that because there is no comparison or there is nobody available to even challenge another player in terms of how great they are. In case in point, NFL, Tom Brady. Uh, NBA, we've always talked about LeBron, Jordan, um, and those comparisons. And it seems like LeBron's the villain. I'm kind of following that side because I'm not a big LeBron fan. And then Jordan's the hero or vice versa. You know what I mean? So think about those things. Those things all factor into these these valuations. Um, But if Mbappe performs well at the World Cup, I can see those significant jumps in those cards. I think they present a, a supreme opportunity. Unfortunately for me, I only own two Mbappe Chromes, PSA 10s, base. I bought those... Back in February, I think, or January, I can't remember. Um, And I'm about, I mean, if I think about it, if I look back now, um, I've lost about 50% of value on those cards. But my intention was always to hold them long term. So that was kind of uh, my idea. Will those bump up against the World Cup? I don't know. We'll see what happens. That'll be uh, interesting to see. So that's kind of my little two cents on that on Mbappe versus Holland, make your own decisions. Ask me questions. If you need questions, I have all the data pulled. I can pull data for you, but I have most of the data written down. I have it on the post. Um, ask me questions. If you have questions about it, early Holland versus versus Mbappe in terms of data, I can provide those for you. All right, guys. So next thing I kind of wanted to talk about um, are kind of a little inside type of, I want to say like hint or uh, perspective that I have on, on certain things. And it usually is in discussion about loan players, players that go out on loan. Where's the opportunity where, why do I need to be patient? Why do I need to wait? Uh, why can't I just flip this right away? So case in point would be renier jesus the player that was at dortmund the last two years on loan from real madrid i think it was two years actually he was there um brazilian starlet in the brazilian league in the campeonato was an excellent player highly touted he's only 20 years old still still at real madrid he went on loan to girona for the rest of the season um I presented him as one of my prospects that I was looking at, and uh, this year, and I'm trying to remember here, I think he's made about five appearances, I think three starts, he's got a goal. I watched him on two occasions. He's looked really good on the field, like he belongs. He looks like he's going to be a star in the making, in my perspective. So why does he present an opportunity for me? So for me, when I bought his cards this summer, I bought some of them, I had some of them already, but particularly I bought his black Merlin Chrome that I since graded. It came back a nine, uh, which I'm happy about. Those blacks are tough. And I have a gold of 50 uh, that came back a nine as well. I bought those this summer, uh, relatively low entry points for both. I think I got both of them combined. I probably paid $78, something like that. Something really stupid cheap um, in terms of Rainier Jesus and his, his upside. Again, we go low risk, high ceiling. So why I bought those two specifically this summer when I had some of the SP stuff from Sapphire and I have some of his numbered stuff too from Sapphire. I bought those cards obviously because Benfica was rumored to be a destination for Rainier Jesus. Now, ultimately Benfica didn't get him. I was hoping they would get him for a few reasons because he'd see the field a lot more. And open up those opportunities for myself and others that I know that have uh, invested in the player or bought the player for their collections as well. Plenty of you have emailed me about him. Um, so, obviously, I wanted Benfica, so I bought it thinking that Benfica was going to get him. Why did that deal collapse? The deal collapsed because Benfica wanted the buy option on that loan deal. And this is where things get interesting. When you have a player, that goes to a team on loan right and the team does not offer a buy option or refuses to offer a buy option that should signify something to you um, and what I mean by that it signifies that the club the the parent club in this case being Real Madrid they believe in the player so they believe in Rainier Jesus so much that they told Benfica, no the only way you take them on loan is on loan no buy in clause so you cannot buy the player from us at the end of the season. That signifies a belief. Contrary to that, also, you have the option where a team might loan a player with a buy-in option. Case in point, Celtic with Jota from Benfica. Last summer, Benfica instituted a $7 million buy-all clause uh, for Celtic to keep Jota. Again, Benfica at that position has a lot of players. Uh, Would I have preferred to see him back at Benfica? Absolutely. But that's not my decision to make. That's Benfica's decision to make in terms of the Jota situation. So with Rainier Jesus, that's kind of a hint, right? For me, in terms of Real Madrid really believes in that player. They have an aging Tony Cruz. They have an aging Luka Modric. Does that mean that Rainier Jesus goes to Girona this year, plays all year, and then Real Madrid calls him back to fill one of those voids? Possibly. Maybe not. We don't know. Um, another kind of got to look at is Rodrigo, right, at Real Madrid. He's a good good point. He was loaned out, but he didn't start right away. He wasn't playing a lot of games. Got to be patient. Vinny Jr., another guy, played but wasn't being successful. They gave him time. And Real Madrid is that club. They understand. They have the scouts. They have the talent evaluations. They know. So Rainier Jesus, for me, is still a buy. If you see low-numbered stuff of his, still a buy. But that's kind of a little thing that I look for when we're talking about players that go on loan where teams can't get a buyout clause or, or a team says, no, you can't buy him. Uh, you can only take them on loan. So to give them the playing time, generally that's what happens with loans. Players are lent out for a playing time. Uh, Another good example is Connor Gallagher. Connor Gallagher last year was loaned to Crystal Palace, played a lot, was a starter at Crystal Palace. This year at Chelsea, not so much, not so good. I kind of warned people on that. um, last, uh, Basically last season, I kind of talked a little about that, about Gallagher not having space at Chelsea and he may never have space. So something to like one of the things I look at just a little key point for you guys if you're doing your reading and watching what the market does and watching what loan deals worked out or how they work or what they're doing that's a little kind of little tidbit on a kind of an asset or a kind of a tell right it's like a poker game it's a tell Real Madrid obviously believes in Renier Jesus so much that he will not allow a team they will not allow a team to buy out his contract so that's pretty much kind of my little tidbit for today in terms of hobby collecting kind of, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, you could call it a, a tidbit, you could call it a sneaky play, you could call it a kind of a tell, right? We'll call it a tell for today, all right? Um, next few things I kinda uh, wanna talk about little, I'm gonna do a little pickup uh, talk now. I picked up a, Gonzalo Ramos. Uh, last week, you guys may have uh, heard me talk on my hobby wish list that I was looking for a Gonzalo Ramos Atomic Refactor, which is number two fifty, my favorite parallel Merlin Chrome last year. And luckily, I did get one. Shout out to um, the person that did reach out. They actually had it listed on um, eBay. I had offered on eBay, and he confessed that it was on eBay. Uh, and um, didn't accept my offer. Obviously, uh, he then reached out to me. He must've listened to the podcast, obviously reached out to me on, on Instagram and let me know that he does have, in fact, has that, that card. So shout out, uh, to him for helping me out on this. Um, it is STP sports and co so STPS sport, excuse me. I'm gonna say that again. STP, sports and co shout out to him. We made a little trade. I traded him more at cider, uh, red wings defenseman who won the rookie of the year last year in the NHL PSA 10, um, for the Ramos and a small cash amount that I did give to him. I think he, um, took me, but it's okay though. The cider, like I said, the cider is a, um, emerging talent in the NHL. PSA 10, Red Wings player, big market. So uh, hopefully he does well, but I got what I wanted as a collector. I got what I wanted, what I wished for. So I'm very happy about that pickup. It's in a SGC slab too. It's a 10 in SGC slab. I think I'm gonna cross it to PSA. Looks great in the SGC slab, but a lot of my stuff is PSA. So I'm probably gonna cross it over. Not sure yet. So the way that works over with crossovers for PSA, for those that don't, don't know, you can send the slab over to PSA. They'll look at the card from the outside, examine it, um, look at the SGC grade, obviously. And if you want it slabbed in a PSA slab, if it meets their criteria of, let's say, a 10, like this one has an SGC slab, they'll slab it for you. Or vice versa, you can put a minimum grade. So if I send it over say, as long as it nines, at least a, a nine from PSA, then they put it in a slab, a PSA slab at a nine. So. That's what they do. Now you get charged either way. So that's important to note. If you have SGC slabs you want crossed over, you're gonna get charged either way for that. Whether it's in the $22 bulk or $30 bulk or $50 um, area, that'll be up to you ultimately what the card's value is. So that's kind of a little hint on how to do that. Uh, You can just send that a slab into PSA. They'll they'll look at it from the outside if they think it's gonna 10 in their slab, they'll move into a new slab and you'll pay the difference. If it doesn't, if you want it to meet a certain grade requirement, you still have to pay regardless. No matter what, you'll have to pay either way. So um, that's kind of my little pickup from last week. I also grabbed another Raphael Leon uh, rookie red ticket out of um, Chronicles 19.20. Love the card. I have one more graded 10. I had two, but I still went to mag I'm gonna shout him out again he needed that one too he's already got the the of 23 cracked ice leon so but he needed that one too he, he bought it earlier this year from me and he got it at a really good price but now i'm kind of buying more of them to try to hold them uh and grade some as well so long-term play for me as well merlin chrome blaster so some of you have heard my frustrations in finding merlin at decent prices i did find a few blasters so i think i i opened two of them at target I bought two of them at Target, uh, locally store. I know they're still on the website on Target's website. I opened them. I was not overly impressed. Um, maybe it's because I didn't hit anything big, um, but I still like last year's designs better. I still like last year's checklist better. I think they really made a mistake this year with the the checklist in terms of some of the other teams that are included in the in the set. Benfica, for example, and that's I'm being biased, obviously, saying that. Because without Benfica, without extra, I think there's a Grimaldo auto in there. That's it. But you don't have an Arujo. You don't have um, Antonio Silva. And again, Antonio Silva's come on. He's 18 years old, he's a defender that's really kind of performed really well at this stage. But Benfica's got a lot of really young talent there that could have exploited them. Roland Chrome could have done. So for me, that's kind of a miss by them. Same thing with, um, you know, we opened some stadium club. I was lucky enough to hit a. Um, sound of 50 gold uh real time really cool because it's the only card he's got in the set he doesn't even have a base card he only has that card in the set and i hit the gold of 50. it's a beautiful card it's on my instagram if you haven't seen it so chrome blasters i'm not overly impressed um i've done a few breaks too online with some folks shout out to Sunday league investors i was in one of their breaks didn't hit that well you know it is what it is right so if you're having fun that's the most important. Um, a lot of those guys in there, they're guys that are long-term holds as well. This is not last year's rookie class, but there's a lot of opportunities. So you guys got to think about that quick hobby news. And I think, um, I'm probably not the only one that's going to be touching on this this week. I'm recording this on Thursday. Uh, so I, I would imagine other podcasts have probably touched on this. I think sports cards, nonsense touched on it earlier this week on their episode, uh, leaf, and uh, Brian Gray's statement on their hog, on their soccer checklist. And their their people that are selling the boxes for under retail for that product. I'm not gonna say much about it. Uh, Brian Gray, just president of the company, obviously. I think he's a little, um, speaks his mind a lot uh, in terms of telling people this is the greatest checklist of all time. Hard to say because a lot of those guys are improving talents and we've seen, big checklists where guys don't prove to be out very good. Even last year's uh, products, we have Chrome and Merlin and a lot of really excellent um, future stars in there. Whether they become stars, we'll see, right? Uh, It's very kind of limited. So I am not a Leaf guy. Uh, I know some of you have asked me questions about Leaf. I will not buy Leaf. I don't buy unlicensed products. I just don't believe in it. I don't like it. It's kind of, it is what it is. If you like it, hey, all you, Um, if you enjoy it, then it's all you. Um, I just don't like products where you have uh, even the patches, the autos are pretty cool, but when you have a player where there is, he's wearing a uniform, but there's no badge on it, no team, no, I just find those kind of awkward for me and they just don't look right to me. So, but if you collect it, cool. Um, But just a quick note on them, on that product, it is what it is, I think. you know, he's obviously unhappy that stuff is selling for under retail, but the market doesn't, I don't think our market ever asked for that. I don't think we've ever asked for kind of that product. Um, And if you consider the other sports, especially with the NIL deals with the NCAA, you'll now see kind of a flood of products coming in of college collegiate collegiate players and certain um, brands and things of that nature. So, but if you collect that stuff, good for you. And if you like it, you like it. So buy what you like and Leave it at that. That's all I'm going to say about that topic. I don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, he was kind of insulting to the hobby. Uh, so, but each their own um, in what you choose to buy and what you choose to collect. Quick note, tomorrow, um, Saturday, not tomorrow, Saturday, I'll be at the New England Card Show. I am setting up at the show. I'll have a table at table 112 and table 113. Joining me will be Zips Cards. He's got some soccer as well. I'm bringing a lot of value boxes, a lot of hockey with me. I'm not going to bring a ton of soccer with me i'm going to bring some uh stuff lower end stuff too nothing crazy uh some of the stuff i'm going to keep at home because i don't want to sell it uh, and usually if you keep stuff at home that you can't it prevents you from selling it no matter what i may bring some stuff to show off like some people like to do um to people that are looking at stuff and they're wondering so stop by my table i'm at table 112 and table 113 i believe that's kind of the middle of the hall i can't remember towards the back. I'm kind of pissed we got thrown in the back, but it is what it is. We were kind of late to this. Um, I am going to have some good value boxes. Um, I'm probably going to put together if I have time on Friday night, some um, soccer starter collecting kits and some hockey ones too for kids Um, have a lot of base of stars and things of that nature that I can create these kits where somebody can get into the hobby at a real low price i'm thinking of doing something like five bucks or something like that where they get like you know 100 cards or something um and we'll throw a bunch of stars in there and that thing we'll throw some inserts in there um you know that i think the kids probably gonna be valued probably at 20 bucks or so so i want to do something to kind of promote the hobby and i'm going to use i have a bunch of hockey tins um if you guys know those hockey tins that they sell at target and walmart upper deck sells the tins of hockey I'm going to reuse those kind of like a little nice recycling measure and use those kind of starter kits to try to grow the hobby a little bit uh for any kids that are coming into the show or coming to the show i think uh, it might be fun uh, to do that we'll see what that does um and i'll keep you guys updated but i'm gonna have some value boxes um nothing crazy will be in there we'll have some stuff um if you're collecting particular stars and things of that nature they will be in there hockey collectors i'll have quite a bit of hockey with me So it'll be fun. So make sure you guys stop by, follow me. Um, Maybe we'll do some lives while we're at the show on Instagram. And um, yeah, so uh, periodically I've been getting on whatnot as well to do some single sales. I did some uh, today and it went really well, sold some slabs had a few people try to negotiate me uh, on some things I worked with some people, but some others I did not. Uh, I want to be clear on some things that I do sell. I have a bottom line number for me personally, and as many of you know, I do sell a lot of things under comps. I do. Um, It's just the way I am, the way I want to be. Certain things I will sell at comps. Certain things sometimes I command more than comps. It just is what it is. Just like when I buy some things over comps, I have done that before. Case in point, the Ramos, Gonzalo Ramos. I definitely overcomped on that card, but it's fine. It's a card I wanted. If it's a guy you believe in, you pay for it. So, guys, I think this is going to be it for me. I think we're approaching our 40-minute uh, kind of threshold here. Um, pretty good episode, I think, uh, in terms of some of the stuff I talked about. I really want more participation from you guys. If you guys can send in your questions, we can have kind of a whole area on that. Um, next week, I will have a guest on this show. That is my, my goal is to have a guest next week for sure. I know it's been kind of crazy for me personally, probably crazy for all of you too, as well, getting things ready for the fall, summer's over, sad, sad, Um, but, and we will do a world cup uh, show soon too, as well. I also am going to have, at some point we'll have um, Jeremy on here uh, to talk U.S. soccer as well. They've been disappointing. Oh, here's another topic I forgot to talk about. Kind of my observations this week from some of the international break, um, US disappointing me. Um, I was born here, obviously I root from Portugal too, my parents are from Portugal, but USA is disappointing me, loads of talent. Or are we over evaluating their talent? It could be that point that we may be overvaluing that talent, we don't understand. Maybe 2026 is the real time for them, we'll see. I think 2026 is the year to have higher expectations. I think this year really getting out of the group would be a really good goal for the US tough group i think it's tough whenever you have england in your group it's going to be tough and you have iran it could be a politically driven game it's just how it is with those games soccer is kind of one of those sports where the cultural and political walls are kind of meet each other when you think about it my other frustration portugal some of you may disagree with this take i'm going to have on portugal but some of you might not portugal dominated that game for 70 75 minutes they were in control of that game against spain they knew they needed only a tie to get to the final four of the Nations League. And as in typical Portugal fashion, Fernando Santos, um, very conservative play, brought in subs after the fact that we needed them. He uh, had them sit back, obviously, at that point. Oh, all we need is a tie. That's all we're gonna do. His time is ticking. I don't think Portugal's gonna make a move on a coach for the World Cup. It's too close. I think it's too soon uh, to make that move. I think it's so late for that. Thank you for the 2016 European Cup title. Many of you forget they did not win one group game. They tied all their games. And I think they lost one, if I remember correctly. But they tied all the games to advance. So, And then they started kind of winning as it went along. But um, his time, I think, is coming to a close probably after this World Cup. Uh, I see a lot of kind of things on there I don't like in terms of uh, the lineup. Uh, William Carvalho, um, good player. Very good player, been very stressful, a guy that could be really optimal for the bench. Um, excellent um, you know, midfielder, very excellent player, uh, but I think um, starting somebody else there is going to be to their advantage. We have to look at some of the young kids, Sanchez, you got to look at Vitinha, bring him in. Vitinha's starting at PSG right now uh, in many of the games, so got to think about him in terms of that role also you got to figure out a way to get Leon on the field to start continuously he started that first game during the international break and then this week he came on as a sub i think you have to look at ronaldo i think you really do have to look at ronaldo and say ronaldo i think your time is done um on this team i don't think his time is completely done i think he would be a good super fit for a super sub type of 60 65 minutes kind of like rui costa did at the 2004 euros Where he started the first game and then he came off the bench after that uh and ronaldo was introduced so ronaldo i love you i love your play i love what you've done for the game i love what you've done for portugal but i think it's time for you to consider yourself a super sub and if portugal can figure out a way to get bernardo silva uh, rafael leão João felix and then either gonzalo ramos as the striker um i know that's kind of I'm wishing for something to happen but i think it's there or jota at the striker position from liverpool i think those front three with with joan felix kind of falling behind giving free reign to run forward or run back uh, uh, to help the top of the midfield i think that's the goal here to do that and then you have you have joan Cancelo and you have Dalo really playing really well so you have to think about those guys nuno mendez playing really well Probably going to be their left back. Is he sort of better as a left wing back or a left midfielder? I don't know. We'll see at PSG he's been doing that. So um, a little frustrated with Portugal right now. I think I'm expecting big things of them at the World Cup. Um, Really excited for them. Their only problem, I think, in the back, not enough depth. I really look at Gonzalo Inacio from Sporting and David Carmo at Porto as kind of the new age uh, for center backs for Portugal. Even Antonio Silva at Benfica. You got three guys that could be potential studs, potential world best. I mean, Gonzalo Ignacio is quickly becoming, I think to me, he'll be a top four center back in the world within the next two years. Antonio Silva is 18 years old and he is just a wall. Uh, So do they bring them up to try to help them put them on the bench even to learn uh, from the big guys, the older guys like Pepe? and Ruben Diaz is not old by any means or any stretch of the imagination, but he will start but I think you have to bring some of those younger guys get them ready for kind of the transition we have a generation that's excellent generation a lot of upside lots of talent but they don't have the depth in the back i think brazil suffers from the same problem and i think that's why brazil is probably not going to get out of the quarterfinals i could be wrong i just don't see how they're the favorites uh, according to the las vegas hot makers but we'll see what happens um i think it's going to be exciting i'll do a world cup show probably in a few weeks and kind of break down some of the different teams i'm looking at some of the different players i'll be looking at some of the opportunities that may arise some of the rising stars that you might not know of that i think will have a great world cup but as always guys thank you for listening to my episode i look forward to the next one always i can't believe it's been episode eight it's eight weeks worth of episodes um appreciate the guys that have hung on and and listened, and ladies as well i know we have some women listeners as well. Again, shoot me your questions uh, via Instagram through a DM. Uh, I really appreciate that or any hobby rants or any kind of acknowledgments you want to make uh, of certain things going on in the hobby. That certainly helps me kind of build up more content for the show. Follow me on Whatnot as well if you can. For some reason, I have more subscribers on Instagram or actually followers on Instagram than I do on Whatnot. And I'm always doing some streams. I have done did one um, earlier today on that on some single streams. so i'll do some more as we come along to the world cup i'm probably gonna get a bunch i have a bunch of older like world cup stickers from the 2000s and the early 2010s that we could do and have a little fun with really cheap prices so i look forward to uh talking to all of you guys let me know if i can help remember if you want to submit anything to psa you can send them to me i'll shoot them over for you just send them in card savers and i can certainly help you guys kind of decide on what to send but remember always Play long-term in your in your investment choices and what you buy and your ideas of what you want to get. All right, guys? Remember, if you're early, you're never late, all right? I'll talk to you guys soon. I appreciate all the support you guys always give me.